We are up to a new Mishnah on Lamed Ches Amen Aleph 38A2 in the Art Scroll Gemara. Now this Mishnah comes back to the discussion of Yibam, of a husband who passes away without any children, and there is a brother-in-law and sister-in-law, and there's this potential for Yibam. And what our Mishnah discusses is what exactly is the status between the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law before either Yibam or Chalitza takes place. What is referred to as a Shomeris Yavam, a sister-in-law who is waiting to either do Yibam or Chalitza. What is their status? We've discussed this issue in the past with regards to Yesh Zika or Ein Zika. Is there this Zika connection or not? The Mishnah here, which happens to really be a Mishnah which is found in a different tractate, in the tractate of Ksubis, uh, the Mishnah here is discussing a slightly different issue. It's really discussing the laws of Yerusha, the laws of inheritance, um, and what ex- <coughs> exactly does the brother-in-law, if anything, what does the brother-in-law inherit from the sister-in-law uh, before even Yibam or Chalitza takes place? So there already is some sort of connection such that the brother-in-law would be able to use uh, some of the property or some of the Yerusha, some of the inheritance from the estate of the sister-in-law, as the Mishnah will explain. So we'll see the Mishnah as it gets into the details of what exactly we are, we are referring to. But before we even get to the Mishnah, just a few terms that are important uh, to understand. Uh, in a regular marriage, let's say, not discussing this, issue, this, this situation of Yibam, but let's say there's a regular marriage. From a halachic perspective, in a, in a marriage... Uh, the wife could bring in different types of property into the marriage, and they have there are really two different uh, types of property that they could that she could bring into the marriage. One type is referred to as nitzaytzon barzel. Nitzaytzon barzel literally means uh, literally it's iron sheep properties. It is also referred to as a nidunya. Essentially, it is a dowry. What's referred to as a dowry, in which the uh, father of of the uh, of the wife uh, gives to his son-in-law and essentially is saying that this is now yours because you're marrying uh, my daughter. I'm giving this to you. This is yours. It becomes his. It becomes his. It becomes his property. Um, however, he would have to pay uh, for that if uh, in 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 a situation of I mean pay back in a situation of divorce or if he dies. So in a situation where the marriage ends, either he, he either they get divorced or he dies first, uh, so then he would have to return the value back. He does not have to return the actual object back. He's allowed to do whatever he wants with the specific object, but he would have to return the value of the object uh, back to his wife. And that's referred to as an indunya or nechsetzum barzel or uh, what's referred to as a dowry. There is a different type of a property that is brought into the marriage, and this is referred to as nechsei melug. Nechsei melug, which literally means the plucking properties, melug. Um, and what this means is that she brings in, she brings into the marriage uh, items which he, the husband has the rights to use those properties. He has the ability to use it. However, the actual property themselves, they belong, they, they belong to the wife. They stay by the wife. Meaning, he, the husband does not have the right to sell it. He's not allowed to sell it. And he has to return the actual property back after the marriage, either if they get divorced or if he dies first. 
So then he would have to return the actual property back, not just the value of the property, but he would have to return the actual property back uh, to her husband, to her, to, to, sorry, to his wife, um, in a situation where uh, there's the uh, where the marriage uh, ends, either through divorce or if he dies first. Those are the those are the two cases of uh, scenarios where she brings property into the marriage. So it's either Nestle Tombarzel. Uh, where he gets it entirely, it's just that at the end of the marriage he has to pay back the value, and then there's Netzim Malug where he has to uh, he has no rights to the actual object itself as an object. He does not own the object. He has rights to the, to use the object, so he cannot sell it. And he at the end of the marriage he has to return the object itself back. And then there is a third uh, there's a third issue, not uh, not property that she brings into the marriage, but something which we refer to as the ksuba. The Ksuba, which is the Ksuba document, and that's about, that refers to the payment uh, that the husband gives to his wife after uh, a divorce or after um, he passes away. So in, there's a concept of Ksuba that he has to give a certain amount uh, to his wife at the end of the marriage. Um, those are the three different terms that are necessary to understand this Mishnah, which is why this Mishnah is really found in the tractate of Ksubas. It's really found in a different tractate. We just have it here because... It teaches us uh, the, the situation is a situation of yibum or potential yibum. So the Mishnah says as follows. We have a case here where there's a brother-in-law and sister-in-law waiting to do yibum or chalitza. The husband passed away and they're waiting. So the Mishnah says as follows. Essentially, let's say during this state uh, where they are waiting to get... Uh, to do Yibam. Uh, so let's say uh, she inherits property from her father. Let's say this the sister-in-law inherits property from her father. So in a regular case of marriage, in a regular case of marriage, if she inherits property from somebody during the marriage, uh, so the law is is that it's hers as Nechsei Malug. It's hers as Nechsei Malug. However, meaning that uh, the husband has rights to use it, but it really belongs uh, to the wife and the husband is not allowed to sell it. Uh, however, Beis Hillel is of the opinion that not only is the husband not allowed to sell it, but also the wife, um, if she inherits it specifically as an arusa, sorry, if she inherits it specifically as an arusa, as uh, they're engaged, they're halakhically engaged, but not halakhically married, so then it would be improper, Beis Hillel is of the opinion that it would be improper for her to sell that property. She would not be allowed to, it would be improper for her to sell it. If she does sell it, it would work. It's a valid sale. However, it is improper to uh, go through with the sale. Um, however, everybody agrees. Our mission is telling us that everybody agrees that in this scenario where there's the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law before Yibam or Chalitza takes place, that if, if she, the sister-in-law, inherits property, she does have the right. She's let, Not only does she have the right, but it's also viewed as proper. She's allowed to do whatever she wants. She could sell it or give it away, and it is viewed as a proper sale. Um, that is all what happens when she is alive. The Mishnah then goes on to say, what happens if she died? Mesa, so now she dies. So now we have to figure out what to do with all of the property that she brought into from the first marriage and the ksuba. So we have to discuss the nechsei melug, the nechsei tzombarzel, the different property that uh, the husband either only has the, the right to use but doesn't actually own it, or even if he owns it but he still has to return the value uh, to the wife. Um, and with regards to the ksuba itself, the ksuba, which is the amount that the husband was supposed to uh, give to his wife after his death. So the first husband died. So the first husband died, and so it was supposed to, all of that was supposed to go back to his wife. However, 
his wife is currently in this situation where she's supposed to do either Yibam or Chalitza with her brother-in-law, and then she dies. So she dies. So it's really supposed to go to her. And what if they were to do Yibam, as we will see, then all of it then goes to the Yavam. It all goes, it's like, a, it's a continuation. And whatever happened from her first marriage continues on to the second marriage. Um, but what happened was that she died. She died while she was waiting to do Yibam. So now what happens with all these different uh, properties and with the Ksuba, the money that she's supposed to receive? So what happens with regards to all these, with the Ksuba, and really specifically, as Rashi explained, specifically with regards to the Nechsein Melug, uh, with the property that really belonged to her. And it's just that her first husband had the rights to use the property. So the... The Mishnah says, Beishamai Omer, and Beishamai says, he's of the opinion, because it was supposed to go back to the wife. However, the wife is now currently in a situation where she's supposed to do Yibam, but she passed away. So then we divide it evenly. We divide it between uh, the Yavam, between the brother-in-law, and between uh, her father, the the uh, uh, the sister-in-law's father, because if she were to die, let's say, outside the context of Yibam, so then it would go back to her father. It would go back to her father, who is uh, the one who is Yorish, who inherits her estate and whatever she has. And so it would go back to the father. However, because we're in a situation here of potential Yibam, because now there's a state of potential Yibam, now that she dies, we divide it. Beishamah is of the opinion that we divide it between the Yavam and the father, the father of the of the sister-in-law. They divide it because they both uh, had potential rights to this, uh, to this property. And the Gemara will explain... Uh, the logic between a lot of the a lot of the laws that are found in this Mishnah. That's the opinion of Beishamah. Beishamah argues. Beishamah Omer. Beishamah says no, and he says as follows. And we are going to uh, explain the Mishnah. There's different ways to read the Mishnah. We'll explain the Mishnah according to to one opinion. But Beishamah says as follows: Nechasim bechaskasan. Nechasim bechaskasan. What this is referring to is the Nechseit Zon Barzel. This is referring to the property which her original husband really. Uh, completely owned. It's just that she, he, it was the dowry and he, she had to return the value of the property uh, at the end of the marriage. And so now he dies. He would have to return the value of the property at the end of the marriage. And so now who gets it? Now that she died, but she had the potential for Yibam. Uh, so that is the case of Nechasem Bichas Kasan. So what this means is also a discussion in the Gemara. But let's say according to one opinion, it means that uh, it goes to the Yavam. It goes to the uh, it goes to the uh, to the Yavam, to the brother-in-law. That would go to the brother-in-law. Uh, the Ksuba is Bechasas Yershebal. Also, the Ksuba, the value of the Ksuba, which is the amount that she was supposed to receive after her husband's uh, passing, uh, just the the amount that that was uh, decided upon in the Ksuba, that now goes to the Yershebal. It goes to the Yavam, to the to the Yavam, to the brother-in-law. Uh, that amount and however that which uh, really seems to belong to her more which is the uh, the property that the husband the original husband was allowed to use but never actually owned he didn't have the right to sell it uh, and he had to return the actual property back uh, to his wife at the end of the marriage so that that property goes to the Yorshiav it goes to the sister-in-law's family it goes to the sister-in-law's father so that would go to the sister-in-law's uh, father to the wife's father, uh, because that really is viewed as belonging to her. Again, these laws will be fleshed out and understood uh, in depth in the Gemara. 
one last line. So now this is case number three. So essentially, just to review, we had case number one, which was the fact that if she inherits anything, any nechzimolog that she gets uh, during this state, she's allowed to, it's completely hers, she's allowed to sell it, and it's completely hers. Then we discuss what happens if she dies. If she dies, that was a discussion, a dispute between Bisham and Beisel. Bisham is of the opinion that the nechzimolog is divided evenly uh, between her family and the Yavam, the brother-in-law, the brother-in-law's family. Uh, and Beisel says it's more nuanced than that. The Nechse Melug, it goes really to her father, it really goes to her family, and with regards to the Ksuba, the Ksuba and the Nechse Tzom Barzel, that uh, goes to the, uh, to the brother-in-law, and to the brother-in-law's family. Case number three is Kenasa, let's say they ended up doing Yibam. So what happens if they end up doing Yibam? So the Mishnah says, Harehi Davar. So then she's considered like uh, his, uh, his wife, with regards to everything, so so they get married. So now that they get married, so then uh, the nechse melug, he has rights to use the nechse melug, nechse tzom barzel, he has, he could sell the nechse tzom barzel, he just has to return the value back at the end of the marriage. So it's like, it's like an ordinary wife. However, Except that the ksuba, the obligation of the ksuba, the payment of the ksuba, which is the payment that the husband would give to his wife at the end of the marriage, uh, that is based off the estate of her first husband. Now what this means exactly will be explained in the Gemara. But the Mishnah says that that will be based off the estate of her first husband. So those are the three cases. Essentially the three cases are what happens if she's alive, uh, does the property that she had from the first marriage, she's, that's entirely hers, that, that's the Nechzim Elug, which is entirely hers. Um, and if she's Jewish, anything, if she inherits anything during this state, it becomes entirely hers. The, the, the brother-in-law has no rights to it. Uh, if she dies, so then there was a discussion how to divide that up. That was a dispute between Beishamah and Beisilo. And if she ends up doing Yibam, so then it's like they're completely like they're completely married and the laws of Nechzim Tumbarza and Nechzim then they apply. And the Mishnah ended off with this uh, bit of a, of a vague statement saying that when it comes to the Ksuba, the amount that the husband then has to give to his wife if he were to pass away or if they got divorced. So that is based off of the first husband. And the Gemara will explain what, does, what exactly does that mean, that it's based off of the first husband. So that is the Mishnah, uh, and we will continue with the Gemara in the next recording.